everyone and welcome back to heart to heart i am here with kristen pulaski of paint bucket we have our nail tip collection that is live right now and we met over like a year and a half ago yeah i just cold dm'd you yeah she slid into my dms and i responded <laughs> you have a salon in williamsburg and you offered to have me come in to get a set of tips and I had only been wearing nail tips, like press on nails since the pandemic. And uh, I was like, of course, I love nail art. I would love to come in. So I come in and we do a, I think it was like a brown autumn set. Yeah, which is actually kind of like resembles one of the looks that we have in your press on collection. Yeah. But people loved it. Yeah, it was a beautiful set. We're going to put a link to the style in the show notes. And we also have them now available in our tips. I think I made a TikTok that went viral. Yeah, I feel like a lot of your nail art with us went viral. People love watching the designs painted and you just have such a good eye for kind of taking inspo and then making it your own and working with the nail artist at Paint Bucket to just make looks that people really love. I was even like on TikTok scrolling the other day and this girl's TikTok went viral and it was a roundup of the holiday nails and you're in it. It's your um, red manicure. That, uh, I love I mean, that. Like a year. How long? Ago? Yeah, that was like More November. Yeah, last November. Um, and yeah, she called them sexy Santa nails. That's cute. Because <laughs> I remember I wanted holiday nails, but I didn't want to do like Christmas because I'm Jewish. Yeah. So this was like an in-between where there was no like Santa hat on it. And that was a pretty set. I love that. Mm -hmm. So then I was invited to come back and get my nails done again, which I was really happy about. And I became a regular at Paint Bucket. I remember we had started discussing press on nails, maybe right in the beginning, because I said I always did them. I think when I first DM'd you, I was just like, I love her style. I loved your personality. I, was, I watched the first season of the show. My husband actually, he was like, you have to watch this family. It's so cool. And I'm like, okay. So I started watching it and I was like, I really like her. I feel like she's in New York. I should just have her come in because I've had some pretty good organic influencer partnerships before. And I saw that you were really building up like an organic community yourself. And it was really centered around like fashion, your lifestyle. And I was like, this would be perfect. And then when you came in and we started talking about nails, I had no idea that you were like the queen of press-ons. Like I didn't <laughs> know that. And you were like, I've tried this brand. I've tried this brand. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. And I was like, huh. So I think you came in like once or twice and we were just doing like opera extensions. And yeah. Did nail art. And then you just kept bringing up or we both were just talking in conversation about press-ons, different brands that were doing them. And again, what you liked and didn't like. And I was like, maybe I should just like ask her if we should kind of do this together because so many of our customers, we were only making nail wraps at the time. And they were like, when are you guys going to make press-ons? And I was like, maybe this will just be a really like organic product launch if we do this and then I didn't think you were going to be on board I thought you were going to be like eh, I don't know but you were like no I was so excited because yeah. I'm I'm your customer I'm the person who wants the press on nails I think they're easy I love getting my nails done in your salon but I do understand that some people want the nail art and they don't want to sit for x amount of hours or spend that amount of money on their nails and when yeah. you can have something affordable at home that looks amazing you can do it while you're watching tv 
that's I love it. Yeah. So I was totally on board and and we started working on it in November. I think we started looking at nail shapes. It was like a a year process, if not a little over a year, because and this is something I admire about you, just as like you're a content creator and influencer, but I feel like also when we were creating this line together, I've worked with a few other content creators and influencers before. Not everyone is like so invested in this has to be perfect because like when my followers purchase this, uh, it's me. Like yeah. I want them to know that I created this with like all of the right intentions and that I really cared about what I was making. It took a little bit longer than usual because I remember you were like, the shape just isn't perfect. Like it's yeah. just like it was the littlest thing, but it also like meant so much to you. And I was like, okay, Basha, like we're going to have to push the launch. We're going to have to push it. And you were like, I think we just like really need to push it. And like, I had to figure out on my end what we needed to do in order to do that. But I really just like valued that about you as a Thank person because you. you cared about what you were selling to your customer. Yeah, I think that for me, I haven't put my name on a lot of products. So if I'm putting my name on it, and starting off there, I want to make sure that it's something that I myself am going to be so excited to wear. And being that I was a press on nail consumer, there were certain things that I didn't like about the nails. So when we got the first shipment in, I remember we were supposed to launch in the spring and they had this like this curve that all Weird the other. Curve. Yeah, every brand has it. every brand, guys. I want you to compare our press on nails to any other brand and the other brands that are almond shaped specifically have this really ugly side view curve. I don't even know why they make it like that. It's like really odd. It must be something. I mean, there's only like so many manufacturers really that do this and they're large manufacturers and you can work with them to make like these custom molds, but it's obviously more expensive. expensive yeah. Um, so I think a lot of other brands just go with the standard template that yeah. has that like curved down edge. So for us, it was like, do we go with this? Or I remember there was an almond shape that was slightly longer than what we have now and we tried it and you were just like these are just going to be way too, too long, long. <laughs> that's really like what delayed everything but I'm really happy we have these now because yeah. I mean people love them and they're just they're beautiful on they really are yeah they look like the opera nailed extensions that I would get in paint bucket that someone personally styled to my finger and I think that's something that's really special about these press-ons um and i love the like collaborative process that we had over picking the designs and doing the inspo what's coming up what are people gonna wear so we really made the collection really versatile but if we can go back a little bit to how you started pink bucket where you're going with it i think i'm amazed by it i can't imagine like starting a business and a storefront and building up to where it is today. So can you give us a little bit of a background on like where you either was this your dream growing up? What was your education like? Yeah. Where did you all start? So not my dream at all growing up. I started out in advertising. My grandmother did it. I saw her doing it. I would like always travel in from Long Island to the city with her. And I just like admired the whole like career woman in the city in an office. And I loved it. Like I worked at a few big global um, advertising agencies. I worked on big brands, but I started to really love the part of like experiential marketing, like creating okay. experiences for people and for brands that then people would come and experience. So um, I also started to just become like obsessed with my nails. I don't know why, like I just always felt like I was in client meetings and I would go to the nail salon once a week and I just felt like it was like, harsh lights, not a good environment, felt like just 
all white and bright. You know what I mean? Like your typical New York City nail salon. And I would sit there and I'd just be like, when is this going to be over? It just felt like a chore. And I kept seeing other brands like your dry bars or like there were some facial uh, franchise chains that were like popping up, Blushington. And it was all of these more like highly curated spaces that offered Prosecco and wine and just a really nice experience for you to like go to alone or to go to with girlfriends. And I was like, we get our nails done so much. Like, why doesn't this really exist for nails? And if it does, it felt like it was really, really focused nail art salons mm-hmm. that sometimes I felt like a little intimidated going sure. to myself. Like it was so intense with the nail art. And I was like, I just want something that like you can come in and you can get a pedicure or a manicure or you can get extensions or nail art. Like I, I just want it to be inclusive, but beautiful and really fun. So um, I left my corporate job. I just raised money from friends and family, which was hard. Me. Like, yeah. Was like, what was that like? Talk me through that journey. Like my dad didn't get it. He was like, I, I just don't understand. He was like, you're going to open. Like when people think of a nail salon, they think of what your typical nail salon would be like on every corner of Manhattan. Right. I was like, I don't understand. Like I sent you to college and like, <laughs> all these things. So like you they could have this corporate job and like, this is what you want to do. But like, I really believed in this. I really, yeah. really wanted to do it. And I, um, I went and I found the same interior design firm with architects that had created dry bar, Blushington skin laundry. And I felt like bringing them on as partners. I was like, this is really going to set the standard for like the kind of brand. Did you have business background that you're able to like understand how much you needed to fundraise to get to the point of starting? Not at all. I've learned so much more now, five okay. years in. But like, And how old were you when you started this? 26. Wow. I don't know what I was thinking. That was, that's incredible. Had, and now I look back on it, I think like when you go through life and you experience things, you realize like how hard things really are. And yeah. Like, ah, oh, maybe be careful with that. And like people will be like, I'm going to leave my job and I'm going to be an entrepreneur and do this. And I'm like, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> like, I love it, but you, you realize as you go through things like how hard they are and you have yeah. to really love something to like throw your whole life into it. Okay. But when I was about to start Paint Bucket, like I was doing it and I was working like I was working such crazy hours in my corporate job. I was working to like 12 a.m., 1 a.m. sometimes. I was like, if I'm going to do this for another company, why can't I go do this myself? I was I was just such like a work hard horse too. Like okay. it was really... I had fun with friends. I saw my family, but like work was just That's my what, life. I okay. loved it. Like I really loved it. So I made it work. Like, I, and my dad is a GC. So his investment in the business, okay. I kind of got my parents on board. He was like, I will build this for you. Like he used to go to work during the day and then he'd go build paint bucket at night. Wow. Like it was crazy. He would by himself be like fixing the flooring. Like we had to build the flooring up. So it would be handicap accessible, like build an entire new floor on top of like concrete. Like it was just a concrete box when we got it in Brooklyn. Like there was no HVAC, which is like an air conditioning system. There was no plumbing, nothing. It was just bare bones, which I would like never do again. I would definitely get something that's already like kind of built out that we just have to decorate. Okay. But I didn't know, but these are things that like you learn that you're like, wow, that was so expensive and so time consuming. But it probably took us about like three to four months for the build out. Okay. So like raise the money. That was a whole process. Finally got that. I had to put a lot of money down for a social security deposit. So a lot of our like cash was like tied up in that because when landlords see that you're a new business, they take more security. Than I you see. I do if you're already a staff. And 
all this information you learned by like Googling? Who was your, did you have a mentor? I learned by like making every mistake. Okay. (laughs) I did not have a mentor at the time. I, there's even a lawyer that you you need a lawyer when you negotiate a lease, right? There was even a lawyer I used initially through a recommendation and he would just kind of like sabotage every deal, which now I'm appreciative of because I found the right space that was ideal for Mm. me bucket, but like no deals were getting done. And he was just billing me like tens of thousands of dollars. And I was like, we're literally bleeding money. And like, I don't have a space still like, how is this happening? So I had to find a new lawyer, like so many things. I was Googling a lot about like when we were negotiating the lease, I had a broker and I had my lawyer and I was learning, but then I would go and I would, I would read about everything. Like I wanted to understand all the terms behind a commercial lease. Like there's so many things that go into it, but once you learn, you kind of have like the fundamentals and you can use it in the future. But everything was a huge learning. And then I thought building the space and all of the work that like my dad had put in and then me getting all the inventory and setting everything up, I thought that would be the hardest part. I was like, that's it. This is the hardest part. And I remember my dad saying to me like, oh, this is just the beginning. Like, wait till you have to operate. Right. This yes. And an operating paint bucket was the hardest thing I've ever done. But I learned so much and I really learned how to like perfect this kind of business model that works. But it was a lot of the first few years, it was a lot of, oh my gosh, staff training, staff turnover, figuring out like who we were as a brand. Yeah. And like you're finding your nail technicians and you have a very specific style. Everything is perfect. Your nail technicians are highly trained and skilled. You have options to get incredible designs and obviously your classic manicure. But I feel like you guys definitely specialize in design quality yeah and something that i'm so grateful that i did is that i didn't just like leave my job and i was like i'm going to go and open a nail salon and i'll figure it out and i'll hire a consultant that's going to teach me everything i need to know about nails like i left my corporate job and then i went to nail school like i got my nail tech license and like thank god i did that and this is not everyone's story who opens like a beauty boutique or a Mm -hmm. salon but there were times that people would call out of work and like I was the one that was going and doing people's manicures. And wow. But like I learned and I became really picky and particular about how I wanted our services performed. And now I think with like how smart the consumer is, when you go to TikTok, when you go to Instagram, when you go to people's YouTube channels, like a customer wants an expert to be running the mm-hmm. business that they're investing their money into. I agree. So it's one of the best things I could have done. Did people look at me like I was crazy? They were like, wait, what? I'm so confused about like what you're doing right now. Like, are you okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it was like the smartest thing because, and no one could question me at the end of right. the day. My like, staff respected me in terms of like, oh wait, you actually know how to do nails. So it paid off, but it was extra time that was invested for sure before I ever even like opened. And I feel like it definitely shows like as when we were discussing nails, like you have all this background information in your head that besides just being not just but besides a businesswoman, you have all that creative design head that I feel like really translates throughout the store. I love how you made the salon really interactive from picking out the swatches. So what was your inspiration behind that? I think my biggest frustration when I would go into a nail salon was that I'd be sitting there like taking the polish bottles and I'd be like swatching my nail and being like, oh, does this look good on my skin tone? Does this not? I don't know. So I wanted to make like a really, really easy system when women would come in that they could just like kind of take a paint chip off of the wall and hold it up to their own nail and match it to their own skin tone. So that was where the whole like 
paint bucket wooden chip wall came in very smart i love it did the name come first oh my gosh the name behind paint bucket is like a crazy story in itself but basically i had the idea for the name paint bucket it's just like no beauty brand had the name paint bucket and it wasn't trademarked or anything like that there are other nail salons that have like paint bar paint box like people have mm-hmm. paint in the name but I just thought paint bucket as a name generally, whether you were nails or yeah. or anything like that. I was like, how does no one have that this name? Like, this is such a good, just like, could be like a huge lifestyle brand one mm-hmm. day. So I trademarked that name, but I was like, you know what? There are a few nail salons, a few places that do have the name painted. I'm like, is it different enough? So I also trademarked the name Lacqueria. And I, mm. kept, and I kept telling people like, Lacqueria, what do you think? I did a whole like, logo i was going to name the business lacqueria and people kept repeating it back to me and being like okay so that so laquateria right oh god <laughs> and i was like because they were thinking of liquid the the juice bar used to be juice oh, bar. I okay i'm not like familiar Liquiteria or something like that and i was like okay this is like a tongue twister for people they just can't get it and like paint bucket is just so direct to yeah. the point and I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm just, this is like where my heart is. I'm making this the name. Like, there's going to be a million places with the name paint in it. But paint bucket is, it just felt like me. And it felt like what I was creating. So I just knew from there. I mean, still to this day, I feel like the thing I'm most proud of behind this brand is the name. Like, That's I a great name. It's like such a good name. And it's paint bucket nails. And yeah. it goes, it flows, it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy to search. It comes up right away, which I think is really helpful. That's something when I was starting this podcast that I have a contact at Spotify and she was like, if you can put a searchable word in your podcast, then that's something like when people are on Spotify, they're searching for a song. And like, if you want to oh, do yeah. heart to heart, like heart is great. Spell the first name, the first one as a regular heart because people will search heartbreak or heartache and your podcast will be boosted up. I love the name Heart to Heart. Thank you. Right away when we did when I did like the little blog interview with you, I was like, what am I going to name this? My heart to like, it's just so perfect. So you have this amazing business now. You have nail wraps, you have nail tips. What is the next thing for you? So for me, Pink Bucket, I always wanted it to be this kind of omni-channel brand. I wanted it to be experiences that you could come to our salon. You could really engage with the staff. I mean, they are nail and hand care experts. I really wanted you to be able to come into the salon, make friends while you're there, feel like you leave feeling your best self, feeling better, but then also feeling a little bit like educated about like your hand and nail care. And then I also wanted you, the dream for me with Paint Bucket was to have an expert formulated product line that ties into all of that. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like in the nail industry right now, there's not really a lot of product tie-ins to when you're going to a salon and gets getting services. Like when you go to a face gym or a skin laundry or like a bliss spa, I'm just trying to think of like a European wax center. There's products tied into all of those experiences, mm-hmm. even dry bar, things like that. And I feel like with nail care, it's either there's a direct to consumer or just like a product line if there's a brand or there's nail salons. I feel like yeah. it's like two very sep- separate things. And like we as women have to go to so many different places to like either get professional services or get our products. We just have to go to a few different outlets to bring it all together. So my goal with Paint Bucket is to make it this one-stop shop for all things 
hand, nail, and eventually like foot and body. Love that. Yeah. And I got to test your cuticle oil. Oh my, the cuticle oil is so good. And everything's like, I was like, I don't just want like a standard hand soap, a, a standard hand lotion, a standard cuticle oil. Like I, I surveyed like hundreds of women in pain bucket. Like what are your biggest pain points when it comes to your nail and hand care? And all of them, like I literally have the surveys, they're all handwritten surveys. All of them are like, I feel like my hands are aging faster than my face, which they do. Mm-hmm. Your skin is like thinner on your hands. Yeah. I have spots on my hands. I have um, eczema. I have, I bite my nails. My cuticles are always peeling. Like it was so much about the hands and not just the nails. Everyone wanted like stronger and longer nails, but also it was so much about the skin on their hands that mm-hmm. they just like couldn't, it was like they didn't have a trusted brand to go to that really had just like I said expert formulated products that actually worked and make a difference like think about it we buy so many products for our face there's so many different kinds of whatever whether it's like retinoids or like flavonoids there's so many different things that we put on our faces but we don't really think about our hands that way so I worked with I've been working with a um, lab and chemist on creating this really skincare focused hand care line and then also at the same time, I think polish is always going to be like such yeah. a big thing for us. So we've been working on a polish line. Um, and then I think the press-ons and the nail wraps are great for your like Gen Z and millennial consumer, but also people who just like are like, I don't really have much time and I still want my nails to look amazing. And I really like the nail art that Paint Bucket does, or I like the people that they partner with, but it's just a much more affordable price point for me to be able to purchase these. And then also it takes, it's so quick for me to do. So I can do this at home. I think. With nails, there's so many different kinds of customers that I have. It's yeah. Like I have Gen Z, I have millennials, I have I have like all of these different women who like different things. So I want to be able to like make it all for all of them. And do you see yourself having any other locations as because I know you're in Williamsburg. So I have had a lot of people message me that they <laughs> live in uh, yeah, they live in the city and they're like, I don't want to go over the bridge. So Paint Bucket is like so bootstrapped, which is also like really different from a lot of our competitors. And I actually even hate saying competitors because I feel like there are amazing nail salons and other like self-care brands out there that I think there's enough women for all of these beauty places. Definitely. To so I don't even really love calling it competitors. But when it comes to paint bucket, it's very bootstrapped. Right now we're going through like our first series, like seed round. And that round that we're raising hopefully goes towards another location. And I think the easiest location for us right now, just to like regionally manage it would be a Manhattan location. I think we also have like such a following. In yeah. Work. And then hopefully expanding into other cities like Florida, LA would be great. Kind of like where our customer travels to and goes to. But I do think like Manhattan's probably where we're yes. wanted. Yes, please. I lo- I don't mind coming to Williamsburg to get my nails done, but I would love yeah. a New York City location. And I know a lot of people that listen to this and follow me would love that as you well. Like, it's funny because you're to me, you're so like fashion forward. And you come up like when I first messaged you, I'm like, I've worked with a lot of influencers before and a lot of people are like, I'm not going to travel to Brooklyn. Like, yes, but like I'm not going to travel there. Can you send someone to my house? Can you send someone? I'm like, okay. And like, you are just like the, you're like just such a trooper and it's not really being a trooper because it's just coming to Williamsburg. It's not that crazy. Yeah. But like, you're just such a good partner in that way. We're Thank like, you. Yeah, you know, it's just like very like down to earth and like, yeah, well, it's like, guys, it's an incredible salon. If you're looking to get your nails done or a pedicure or extensions, you should definitely 
check it out. I don't think that a lot of people know this, but you are also a mom and a wife and a businesswoman and a daughter and a friend. So do you have any tips on how you manage things in your life? I feel like I barely manage it right now, but I manage it. I feel like as women, we're like so much stronger than we think or realize, but it's like in those moments when life gets hard that you're like, wait, you can actually do anything. Yeah. I feel like that's just like who we are as women to our core. But I had my son in 2021 and it was just like a whirlwind, like paint bucket was always my baby. Like that was it. I didn't even know if I wanted to have kids. And then I had my son and it was just like this insane love I've never felt before. Like I, I try to explain it some of my friends who like don't have kids yet and will one day and I'm like I feel like when you know when you have like a crush on a guy and you're like so excited to like see her because I'm like that's literally how I feel when I'm like going to see Luca you know it's like the biggest love it's crazy it's so exciting but at the same time and I'm like not embarrassed to admit this because I feel like every woman goes through this you do feel like a baby and a child in your family like need you so much more than if you didn't have them yeah so at points in my life where I was able to invest like so much more into me like I was obsessed like obsessed with work maybe it was a little unhealthy but like it didn't matter like I was creating something that I loved a part of me now is forced to like compartmentalize and focus on my son and sometimes I resent that a little bit like I'll feel bad. Like I should be focusing more on work, but also now I have a son. So I have to focus on him. And I think that this is the thing that a lot of women go back and forth with themselves about. And I mean, I don't care what anyone says. It definitely doesn't affect men as much as it does like a woman and being a mother. Like men, I feel like are still able to like have their business do with it, come home to their amazing family. And like, it doesn't really take as much away from their professional life, but as a woman, and yeah, I even have full-time help too. It's a lot because you're the mom. Yeah. It's just, it is what it is. It's the most amazing thing, but you don't sleep as much anymore, if ever. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just all these extra responsibilities, but we all like make it work. And it's definitely a value add. It's insane, but it's still a lot. I can imagine. I always feel like, I mean, I'm not a mom, but I feel like when life does get busier, you just manage to fit more things in. And then you can't imagine looking back, like, what did I do all day? But you use whatever time you have to capacity. And then sometimes you need to use it more wisely. And that's something I'm assuming, you know, you have with experience and learning. That's like such a good way to put it. That's so wise for you to even like say it that way. You have to like use your time more wisely. Like time is the most precious thing. It really is. And it makes you realize that. But I'm still working on it. I'm still such a newbie when it comes to like being a mom. So looking back, what do you wish you would have known going into it for someone who is maybe thinking about starting either a salon or some sort of brick and mortar store? What would do you feel like would have been really helpful for you to know? I would say you can do a lot more than you think initially when you're trying to like bootstrap the company i mean not everyone has like millions and millions of funding initially and really what's so important nowadays is building a genuine strong community that believes in you and your brand and i think that the consumer is so smart nowadays that they really see that and i think there were times where i didn't realize that i'm my own consumer like if you like you like you are my consumer and places that I would go to find paint bucket would be so obvious. And I should have invested in different things that maybe wouldn't have cost me so much money when it came to marketing because it was my own brand. I would feel, oh, I lost a little bit. And I'd be like, okay, maybe I should hire this consultant to help me. 
And a lot of times when I've worked with consultants, some have been great. Some have been honestly a complete waste of money. And it's a lot of money. So sometimes I, I just feel like we have so much information at the tips of our fingers. There's so many communities out there that are like, there's a, a great community that I just joined that's female founders world that it's kind of just like free information and it's all women sharing their mistakes, what they did to kind of like hack growth marketing, like all of these different kinds of things. We have so much access to so much information that sometimes maybe it's not the best to spend so much money on a consultant when you can really be figuring out ways to utilize that money to put towards marketing and things that are really going to like push the needle for you versus someone who you're going to pay to just give you homework assignments because right. they're just trying to fill up the time that they need for you to pay them. So I think that's a huge thing. Like really just pay attention to your customer. Like if you're starting a business, you're starting it because you love something so much and don't start it if you don't really love something. There you go. Like you need to be obsessed with what you're doing and really just have like such a passion for changing something. And you have to just remember who your consumer is and like it's your brand and you are probably going to know the best things that you need to do to just like push that needle while you're bootstrapping. Things change as you grow and there's more money that's needed and things change. But I think sometimes I would go and I would get lost a little bit in the sauce. And then I think that someone was going to tell me about my brand. And it's for the most part, like not worked out for me when yeah. I paid people to try to tell me what I already trust your gut. Yeah. Yeah. Trust your gut. Having like more faith in yourself and like your knowledge or what you could accomplish. I think so. I think a lot of the time when you're like so immersed in all the time, I think there's a lot of like self doubt too. Like, do people like this? Do they like it? And then like, I walk into paint buckets and I was like, it's packed. Of course they like it. Like they like, like people like this, but I think we always have that like imposter syndrome a bit. I know mm-hmm. it's a buzzword right now, but I do think that like we have that. And then I think dudes can like go start a company based off of nothing and they can just feel like I'm the greatest. And this is the greatest thing I've ever made. And women can really make like the greatest brands in the world. And we'll still be like, is it okay? Yeah. Did I do okay? It's just, I still think it's because we're, I think as women just now, like getting to the point where it's, as you said, with your female founders group, that has existed for men for, I'm sure, years and years and years. And it's only now that women are uniting to share their experience and their knowledge. And we haven't been trained growing up that this is something that is attainable for us. And now that it's being more regulated and people are, a lot of women do have their own businesses. I still feel like we're on that upwards learning curve. Yeah. I'm even learning now, like networking, like I'm learning. I was so immersed in my business for so long and just like the expertise of like nail care that like joining these kinds of communities and realizing like how many people will put you in touch with other people. I'm like, wow, like this is fascinating to me. And I don't think that everyone has access to like those communities or does, they just don't know the right places to look. So I think that's a big thing too. Like it's really like a network that matters also when you're trying to build something. So what is this female founders committee or organization that you're part of? So it's called female founders world. Um, and it's basically they're like anti gatekeeping information. Like it's a community on this app called Geneva. It's, um, curated by this like fascinating, amazing woman, Jasmine Garsworthy. I think is her last name. If I'm pronouncing it the right way, it's just amazing. They do real life events. They do a lot of, um, weekly talks that are um, hosted on a main stage on this app. And it's all like female founder success stories. It's um, kind of like they put together like Shopify hacks that it's like, okay, this big brand uses 
this Shopify app, this Shopify app, and this Shopify app to really like hack the system and be mm. able to grow their um, customer base and all these different things. So it's just such a good source for so much information about e-commerce, retail, anything that has to do with business that's focused on female founders. So if you are a female founder, whether you are creating something that you, you know aren't selling product yet or you're not open yet, but you're just creating something, or if you already have an established business, you can just apply to it. And then she basically allows. Amazing. Okay. Well, we will put a link to that in the show notes. If you guys want to apply or try to get involved, thank you so much for sharing all your information and your journey with paint bucket. I'm so excited to see where it goes. And I'm happy that we met and that you slid into my DMS because like continued partnership like anyone I work with I feel like I always just want to be partners and so I just hope we always are able to do this yeah and I think that's when we were working on the tips it was like we want to develop this shape so that this is a long time partnership not just like a one-off that we do for the fall season and the winter season. So now we're going to move into our advice segment called Follow Your Heart. And if you wanna give me some help on answering these questions, how to not get discouraged from following your dream. So I feel like this is really a good question for you because you had this dream. What kept you going through all the trials and tribulations you had that you feel like people can learn from? That is such a good question. I know it's kind of loaded, but yeah, um, because I think as humans, we all go through that at times. It's like even and just being a creator in general, I think like you're creating something because in in your gut, you just want to make people happy. You want to change something and you want to leave your mark on the world and you want to make people happy. But there are a million things that go wrong. And I, I've always said this. This has always been my biggest piece of advice anyone when they've asked me like how did you do this and I was just always just like persistence is key like I always knew a million things were going to go wrong sometimes they were way worse than I thought they could ever be but it was always just like okay this is the problem I'm in now I need to figure out the solution now after doing that five or six years you definitely build up a thick skin and things that used to affect you more years ago don't as much anymore but you know, there's definitely like people get burnout yeah. and you're like, oh, do I love this as much as I did when I first started it? But then I'll have days where I'm like, oh, this is why I love what I do. So I feel like you have to push through the hard days and you have to always remember like what that core mission is. And it's so hard sometimes to be like, oh, I'm building something that like, it's going to take me years and years to do this. And like, it's so far away from like where I am right now. But there's like the little joys in what you create every day that bring happiness to people. Again, just as a business owner or creator in general. And sometimes I need to like anchor myself in that. Okay. And I need to be like, get out of your head. Stop thinking about like yourself and your journey. Also, like we really are creating for like other people. If you think about it at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's helpful. I think sometimes. No, I think it's, I think it's important to focus on the times when you are feeling discouraged, as you said, to remember that core mission. Why are you doing that? And have it be okay that you're having your off days. Yeah, it's okay. Like there have been days and I felt guilty about doing it, but there have been days I'm just like, I need a day. Yeah. I just need a day to chill. Like I need a day that like my nanny can take the the baby for a second and 
this actually never happens. I actually should take it. You should. Uh... But she can take him and like, I can just maybe shut off work for a few hours and just go do something for myself. I think that's so important. You definitely come out of it refreshed, you know, but like self-care is a real thing. But there is also that mental thing too, where mm-hmm. it is easy to get discouraged after so many years. And really, I think when I have to check myself, it, it's taking care of yourself, but it's also like, I do this because I want to. I want to make people happier. And I think like that is what drives me when things get hard. I love that. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming on, Kristen. Where can everybody find you, follow you? So they can follow us at Paint Bucket Nails on Instagram. Getting very into TikTok lately. Love it. I'm figuring it out. A few things went viral. So that's also Paint Bucket on TikTok. And then I think those are really like the core channels that I'm Okay. There's a link in the notes where you can check out the nail tips and nail wraps, book your appointments. And thank you guys for listening to Heart to Heart. Make sure you follow, like, follow me on Instagram and come back next week for the next episode. Yay. Thank you.